Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody, my name is Mike Petralia. It's episode number 213 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. You can reach us at www.clnsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media. You can also follow me at TRAGS, T-R-A-G-S. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS Media. Well, this is going to be a thrill this week for me. I say this every week, but I really do mean it uh, this time around as I'm joined by Patriots play-by-play voice Bob Sosi. Bob, it's hard to believe we're already in the fifth year of your tenure here in New England, and certainly you have not experienced anything but success. Could you have imagined four years ago or five years ago, back in, I guess, uh, four years ago, 2013, in April of that year, when you were hired, that you would have had the run of success covering this team that you've had? Well, Mike, I guess uh, I should have had a clue because of the success Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the Patriots had enjoyed beforehand, but it's been everything I could imagine and more. And for me, honestly, it's hard to believe this is the first time in the five years that we're actually talking to one another. On the air, uh, other than a teleconference that gets picked up and broadcast, because you and I have had a lot of conversations in the workroom, the media workroom at Gillette Stadium, we good have. conversations. Of course, we've uh, shared uh, the Q&As with Bill Belichick and the various Patriots, but it's great to be with you tonight. And it is amazing to me, uh, surreal, honestly, to think about the privilege of calling this team for the Patriot fans and the opportunity to call two Super Bowls. And not only that, but two of the most memorable sporting events in really uh, modern American history. There's uh, no question about, about the that. comeback in 49. Yeah. You know, and, and so to think about that, sometimes to take a step back and try to thank my lucky stars, but I, I'm, I'm humbled every day uh, by the experience that I have and, and, and the good fortune that uh, I've been graced with because it took a long time to get here, but I'll tell you every mile, every minute, whether it was in the minor leagues or calling college games has been more than worthwhile. So I bet you didn't know this about me, or maybe you did. We share something in common. We both have done our fair share of minor league baseball back in the day. 
Now, you did a lot more, many, many, many more games at, at various levels than I have, but I did the Watertown Indians for three years in the New York Penn League uh, back in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, actually, I, I don't know if you recall Jim Jackson. He's now uh, a big-time voice down in Philadelphia, does Phillies games, does the Flyers, um, and uh, also uh, back in the day, uh, the former voice of the Utica Blue Sox would be Don Orsillo. Well, and, and I believe Jim was the voice of the Utica Devils at one point in the American Hockey League. That is absolutely correct. Yeah, well, I grew up in Auburn, New York, and I cut my teeth behind the mic professionally, <laughs> you know, quotation marks around the word professionally, as the public address announcer for the Auburn Astros. That was at Old Falcon Park. I remember it. was it. far and away probably, probably the worst minor league ballpark in America. And I remember the Watertown Indians coming in, of course, and actually had a former high school teammate of mine, a guy by the name of T.J. Gamba, who went from Ithaca College to the Watertown Indians. So uh, there was a reason to follow Watertown in particular. I wish, who knew? Who knew at that time, Mike, that uh, uh, you and I would somehow, uh, through, uh, through the years, be... Uh, reunited from the New York Penn League into the NFL of the Patriots. No kidding. And there, here's something that I don't think a lot of people know this about you, and I didn't realize this until I did some research on you, Bob. Went way, 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 way back. 1985 New York State Championship Baseball team. Bob Sosi was a member of that team. Tell us about that. I mean, what, what kind of experience? I mean, that's a remarkable experience, Bob, to be a part of that. Yeah, well, unfortunately for me, I didn't have as much playing experience <laughs> as part of it as I would have liked. We got beaten extra innings in my junior season, and I was the starting second baseman in, in that postseason run. But when I was a senior, the kid who was our third baseman during our junior together uh, had higher aspirations and, and far more ability. Uh, so he moved over to the other side of the diamond, <laughs> and I was the team captain, more or less relegated to the role of cheerleaders. So... Uh, but it was, it, it, you know, it, it, it's, you try not to live in, in, in the glory days, so to speak. But, but it was a blast. It was really a great experience to, to go through that. And, uh, you know, you're a teenager and you're riding the bus. And honestly, we were listening to the boom box with uh, Boston and uh, Van Halen playing from one high school game to another through the playoffs. Had a chance to play against some future major leaguers, including Dave Holland. Uh, from Orchard mm. Park, New York at the time. Yep. Uh, Dave Holmes went on to play, of course, uh, for the Phillies, Phillies. in particular, uh, in a World Series and a number of other teams and has been scouting and, and a couple of other guys along the way. And uh, just to have that experience, and, and it turned out that uh, my best friend from that team, who was for a time my double play partner, Mark Del Piano, later became a special assignment scout with the Red Sox and has a World Series ring from 2007. And I was the vice president of player development for the Florida Marlins, uh, with whom he was the director of player development when they won the World Series in 2003. So, you know, we were two kids who, who rode the bus listening to, like I say, Van Halen, uh, you know, jump and, uh, uh, listening to Boston more than a feeling going to high school playoff games in upstate New York and, and dreaming about becoming major league players ourselves. And, and we both got to the big league, so to speak. But in different roles, but it, it, it's still pretty. Uh, it's still pretty uh, special to think back to those days. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit, Bob. Uh, <laughs> your, your first year with the Patriots, and I went back and looked at the 2013 Patriots. The first game of the regular season, I remember it very well. I was at Rick Stadium or Ralph Wilson Stadium, I should say, uh, in Orchard Park. 
and the Patriots were trailing this game 21-20 late. It was your very first game for the Patriots. What do you remember about how that game ended and the overall experience? The Really, the first official game replacing the legendary Gil Santos uh, behind the Patriots microphone. Yeah, Mike, a few things stand out. And in the fourth quarter in particular, the performances of Danny Amendola and Shane Vereen. I think a lot of people forget that really Amendola laid a season on the line that day against the Bills in his very first game as a Patriot, you know, really under intense scrutiny, uh, try to take over for Wes Welker. At that time, we didn't know Julian Edelman was going to be the Julian Edelman that he became. It really was Amendola, right. you recall, who was signed to be Welker's replacement. And Danny tears the muscle uh, off the bone, uh, the torn groin, and the process of making diving catches over the middle and helping the Patriots come back against the Bills. And Shane Marino was instrumental in that comeback as well, along with, of course, Tom Brady, and then Steven Gostkowski nails the game winner. Uh, but along the way, I was thinking in the fourth quarter, the Patriots are behind. This is my first game. They're trailing the Buffalo Bills. At one point, I think Gerard Mayo got called for personal foul and, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe feeling my oats a bit uh, without really establishing any credibility. Yeah, I think I called him out for a boneheaded play along the sideline, picking up a personal foul. And, uh, by the fourth quarter, before that rally, I was thinking to myself, you know, if they don't come back and win this game, you know, people are really going to be displeased with this. <laughs> They're going to blame it all on poor Bob. Yeah, so luckily they came back and uh, had a remarkable run. And the team was depleted by injuries, but nonetheless found a way to beat the Saints with the Kenville Tompkins catch. Got up to a great start, limped down the stretch a little bit, but still got to the AFC Championship. And what a special experience helping me to prepare for the following year when they not only won the AFC title, but, of course, won the Super Bowl championship. Uh, let me ask you something, Bob. How was your relationship with Gil, and did he give you any advice stepping into those kind of shoes? Because so, let, let's face it, Gil Santos is a legendary, you know, I would say Hall of Fame caliber uh, broadcaster here in New England. Everybody knows his voice. It's distinctive. Stepping in to fill those shoes around here, this may sound like hyperbole a little bit, but it's like you know, filling in or replacing Vin Scully for the Dodgers. Gil Santos was the Patriots on the air. And I can only imagine, you know, having a broadcast background that I do, stepping into those shoes had to be at least a little bit daunting. And I'm curious if Gil reached out to you. Yeah, Mike, it's really um, interesting. And and I have to say, and I've said this many times, I I never felt like I was going to try to step into Gil's shoes or fill those shoes. And if I had really tried that, I would have failed miserably. Uh, and, and that was part of the advice that Gil gave me, just be yourself. Uh, but to backtrack a little bit, when I moved to Boston, uh, because I was calling Navy at the time right. in 2007, and my then fiance was offered an opportunity to come to Boston. She was from the South Shore, and it was a, a great job opportunity for her, really a dream job. So we decided, okay, I'll, we'll move there, get married. I'll knock on doors up in New England and see if I can find something. But at the same time, I can still be based there and go back and forth uh, to the Mid-Atlantic and, and do what I was doing, college basketball and football and, and minor league baseball. But I had heard Gil numerous times. I actually heard him for the first time uh, in, in the uh, stadium at Gillette in, in the 2003 AFC Championship, the great Ty Law performance in the snow against Peyton Manning right. and the Colts. I'd actually, I'd actually got a ticket from a friend of mine who, who did some accounting for Marcus Pollard of the Colts. So I was sitting in the Colts fan section with a, a Sony Walkman on, 
listening to Gil Santos and that powerful voice. And I was captivated. And from that point on through the years, I would do Navy games. I would listen to the three games to glory DVDs, honestly, as I was calling them, uh, preparing for my Navy games, just because I love, I think it was a classic football announcer's uh, voice and delivery. And when I moved to Boston, I asked Gil to listen to a CD. And I gave him a CD of Navy versus Pittsburgh and uh, another Navy game, about 20 minutes worth. Mm-hmm. And he was very, very encouraging. And that gave me confidence that, you know what? I might be able to do this. Eventually, the Sports Hub launched about a year later, and I reached out to Gil and asked him you know, if he knows anybody at the Sports Hub or has any, any uh, direction he can point me in. And he gets me in touch. He's going on a cruise. He gets me in touch with producer Mark Capello, our mutual friend. Hey, and yep. Mark says, you need, to talk to, you need to talk to Mike Thomas. I do. You know, one thing leads to another. I, I knock on Mike's door. He, he hears me out for 30 minutes. He doesn't have a job. But nonetheless, he takes a CD, and three years later, when Gil retires, I get an email from 985 The Sports Hub because Mike and Rick Radzik, his assistant, had listened to that CD and thought I was a worthy candidate. And then when I got the job, you know, the only thing Gil told me is, be yourself. And he also said this, and I'll never forget it, it was a couple of days before the first preseason game in Philadelphia. Uh, I was walking around Franklin Park Zoo with my wife and son when he called, and he said, listen, there are going to be a lot of people who don't like the way you call the game because they like the way I called it. But remember this, there are going to be a lot of people who like the way you call the game because they didn't like the way I called it. So just be yourself and have fun. That's great and, advice. And, you know, and, and, and uh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I think back to that and how gracious he was to me and uh, how fortunate I was. I mean, Gino's been the same way in the few interactions I've had with him through the years. Uh, and, and to me, Mike, honestly, I walk into that booth every home game uh, we have a frame photo of Gil and Gino on the wall. It's still, to me, their booth. Uh, Gil is forever the voice of autumn in New England, the voice of the Patriots. And, uh, you know, when I hear his voice in the commercial break sometimes, because he still does some ads on our station and during the games, yeah, I feel like it's almost the voice of the broadcasting God speaking to me. What about working with Zoe? Scott Solak. I mean, I, I, I'm sure, like with any new partner, it had to be a tra- there had to be uh, a transition, and there had to be a sense of getting used to your new partner. Acclimation. You had to be acclimated to uh, this new personality that you were working with, and and Zoe has his own way of doing analysis on a broadcast. And I'm just wondering what it's been like over the years getting to know Zoe, his timing, and all of that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think we had a good chemistry right from the start. I think part of it was, honestly, you know, Zoe was so easy to work with and it had such a positive energy. And when I was in the booth in Philadelphia that first night of preseason game against the Eagles, I was very nervous, as you can imagine. And very right. daunting trying to follow Gil. And, and you know, the first thing Zoe said to me, and, it, and I say this tonight because uh, one of our colleagues from the 98.5, the sports hub as we talk ryan johnston is getting an opportunity to fill in on the bruins preseason game and zoe sent him a, a, a tweet tonight and he said ryan good luck don't f it up <laughs> and ryan responded and said hey, hey thanks a lot for the confidence and zoe said i told Sosie that the first night we were together and that's exactly the truth he told me right before we went on there hey bob don't blank this up and uh, you know it broke me up in laughter and it put me at ease and made me feel like, hey, you know what? I belong in this group with Scott. And I had this too, when I interviewed for the job, that Zoe was the star. I, I was familiar enough with Boston Radio at that point to realize that he had a real personality. And, and in my opinion, he's not only a great analyst, as a former quarterback who 
does a great job of breaking down in the moment live without the benefit of replay often what we're watching and even anticipating it. I know Tony Romo has gotten a lot of credit, uh, rightfully so, the last couple of weeks for his analysis and almost predicting what's about to happen. Well, Zoe does it on a regular basis, which is the other day in New Orleans, uh, before Brady threw a pass toward Chris Hogan, uh, looking for a touchdown deep in Saints territory. Zoe's like, Hogan, as soon as they line up, he knows where, where, where Brady's going to go with it. Uh, you know, so he's very insightful, knows the game extremely well, obviously very passionate and, and beloved by Patriot fans. He's passionate about the Pats. Uh, but beyond that, too, uh, you know, his, his positive energy and, uh, you know, his, his good sense of humor and uh, being the life of the party, it, it makes it easy on me to do what I do. We have very different styles. I think we complement one another very well. I think had we been two guys who sounded a little bit like Gil and Gino, then we probably wouldn't have fared so well. I think a lot of people would have said, boy, those are two poor imitations of the best. You know, our broadcast is so different than theirs. And uh, I think that's helped me tremendously. I thought that, I think that's a big part of why I've been accepted, you know, by those who've accepted me. You know, and the other thing, um, Bob, uh, that I think goes underappreciated, because Zoe's personality is so strong and dominant, I, and, and, gregarious, whatever word, bubbly, whatever word you want to use to describe how energetic he is. What you said earlier about calling out the Hogan play, the, the pass play down, the that gets overlooked, I think, because Zoe, I mean, obviously, he was a National Football League quarterback. He knows what he sees, but he can also, he understands the game and understands how to uh, really translate that for the fans. And I think, I mean, that's the job of an analyst, right? No question about it. You know, beyond that, too, Mike, although we're the Patriots broadcast crew, we certainly get more excited when the Pats do well than when they don't. And uh, there is no doubt about where the rooting interest lies. Sure. Uh, even if we're not necessarily cheering during the broadcast, per se. But you know, Zoe's very honest. And when he sees a mistake by a Patriot, including Tom Brady, he's going to say it. He'll say that's a bad throw, or I don't know what he was thinking. And I think that's probably an exact quote uh, more than once that he's used. Uh, he'll call out the right tackle for repeatedly committing false starts or the left tackle for getting beat. I think the uh, term easy pass or toll lane has <laughs> made it on the air right. a few times when a defensive end is blown by one of the tackles. Well, i got to tell you, I'm going to interrupt so you he's here. Honest. Yeah. He's honest. He, he, yeah. He is honest, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but to your point, Bob, Sunday against the Saints, I I almost drove, I was listening to your broadcast and I almost drove off the road when I heard Zoe utter the words that was an awful pass by Brady. Do you remember the play I'm talking about? It was early in the mm-hmm. game. It was in the first half and and Brady just made a terrible throw and Zoe didn't hold back. And I think that gives any broadcasting team uh credibility when you call out and and you're critical on the air. You're fair, but you're critical. No question about it and you know, I think about different plays through the course of our four-plus years together now that have been, you know, climactic, like, for example, the Russell Wilson interception by Malcolm Butler. You know, immediately after that play, Zoe jumps on the fact that they didn't run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. Right. And so you've got this this Patriots announcer who's on the verge of hysteria and yet still has the presence of mind immediately after the Super Bowl clinching interception to say they screwed up. And I think, you know, when you, when you, when you, you look back on it and uh, I don't know what the Seahawks announcer said afterwards, but to me it was like, it was the perfect blend of, okay, he's excited about what just happened for his team, but he's still being an analyst and still saying, Hey, you know what? They made a mistake. Patriots capitalized. 
but that was an awful play call. Speaking with Bob Sosi, the play-by-play voice of the Patriots Radio Network, fantasy football fans, football is back, which means FanDuel is back. FanDuel means fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week. No busted seasons. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com. Click the Join Now button and use my code PATRIOTSBEAT. Try FanDuel for free with no deposit required. Visit FanDuel.com to claim your free contest and play for a share of $10,000. Just sign up using promo code PATRIOTSBEAT. That's FanDuel.com, promo code PATRIOTSBEAT, void where prohibited. Speaking again with Patriots play-by-play voice Bob Sosi. Bob, I want to get into the uh, relationship you have uh, with Bill Belichick, I think when you ask questions of Bill, the thing, and I know I've told you this in person down at Gillette Stadium uh, many, many times, uh, I just think the questions you ask Bill, he appreciates, not just because of your connection with the Navy and, and broadcasting Navy midshipmen football games, but you understand the way he sees the game. And I had this conversation with Phil Perry last week. There's a way to ask Bill Belichick a question that gets the best answer that will give you insight and give uh people insight to the way he sees the game is it is that the way you see it yeah mike i think a couple of things one being the team broadcaster you know i'm in a situation unlike a lot of other people where there are questions i'm not expected to ask and i don't have to ask uh, whereas someone who covers the paths for the boston globe or the boston herald or another independent outlet so to speak uh, and isn't in any way associated with the team. Now, I work for 98.5, the sports hub, but I also work for Patriots.com. Right. I am the team broadcaster, and I'm not looking for news. And those guys have to ask some questions sometimes that are uncomfortable to ask, certainly, and uh, we know what kind of answers they usually get. Uh, and, and I'm always mindful of that. that. You know, My questions are geared more toward football strategy, football history, personnel on the other team. Uh, things along those lines. But I think your your point is well taken in that with Bill, one of the things I found out early, and I still forget at times, he listens to the entire question. He listens to every word very intently. And you have to phrase it uh, just so in order to convey the question that's on your mind uh, and, and make sure it comes off your lips that way. Uh, and that's in, not in always case, think, easy to do. No, it's not, especially when he's looking at you when you're asking the question and you start to get nervous, so that's fair. But, you know, I think the big thing is if if Bill feels that you've asked a question that you've put some thought into, if you ask a question and there's a sense that you're trying to learn something about the game and there's a respect for the game and a respect for the process, then I think he gives you a thoughtful answer and a good answer. And I say this a lot to people out of market. I'm always asked on out-of-market interviews, what's it like to work with Bill Belichick? We, we hear and see him in those press conferences. And I always say that you know, what you see and hear in those, those clips, you know, that, that's not the entire press conference. And often, if you do ask a question, like you and I so often do, because the, the same could be said of you, and I really appreciate the compliment, because you know, I feel the same way about how you approach the job and, and the questions you ask. Uh, if you ask the right kind of question from Bill, and it's about strategy or history or, or you know, layer a question that incorporates both, 
it's like going to a college lecture. Right. It's like football 301. Uh, he can spend 15 minutes talking about whether a kick returner needs to take a ball out of the corner of the end zone. And, uh, you know, and then he's got to cut himself off. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me, uh, you know, when you walk in there, it's a reminder of no matter how much you know, you realize how little you know in comparison to Bill and uh, the other people that, that do what they do on that Patriots coaching staff and around the league. I'll, I'll tell you this, Bob, and I said, again, I told Phil Perry this last week, and we were talking about this. The most important yeah, word. great, too, by the way. Yeah, he is. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. He's, he's terrific, too. I, I agree, and he asked great questions that elicit insightful answers. That's our job. But um, I was telling Phil last week the most important th- takeaway I had covering Bill back in his Cleveland Browns days in 92 and 93 when I was in Canton, Ohio. I remember him saying after the game when he was asked a question, his response was simple. Did you watch the game? And that has that has always stayed with me, not just in asking questions about football games, but sports in general. And it it sounds so simplistic and obvious, but his point is, I watch the game. Obviously, you're there. You watch the game. If you ask me a question based on something you saw, then I'll have respect for that almost always. He almost always has respect for a question based on something that we up in the press box saw that other people may not have noticed. That's when I think Belichick is at his best. Yeah, I think you better not assume anything either. Uh, you better no. ask the question with the assumption that uh, so-and-so didn't play as many snaps as you expected him to play because right. he's falling out of favor or uh, you know something along those lines. But one thing I re- really respect about Bill is that no matter how he feels about a play, maybe you can read between the lines and get a sense of it, or you just see how the way it unfolds on the field. And I always thought this about Terry Francona when he managed the Red Sox. He never throws players under the bus publicly in, 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 a, in a press conference setting like that in, in terms of... He's no Ben well, McAdoo. You know, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. You know, if, if you ask him about a, a poor performance by a player, then you're going to get, well, we all need to play better. We need to coach better. And, and, it, and it sounds like it's a... It's just a you know recycled answer, and it is. But I have a lot of respect. If I were playing for a guy like that, I know he's going to be honest with me behind closed doors, and I appreciate the fact that at least when it comes to the public, even though you know it's contrary to what what a lot of us you know would appreciate in the media in terms of making our jobs easier at times. Yeah, you know, I think the players understand that and appreciate that too. And you're right. I mean, Ben McAdoo's asked about. Uh, a situation in the Giants game against the Lions, and he says sloppy quarterback play. He's not a two-time Super Bowl champion who right. led two of the great upsets in Super Bowl history in the fourth quarter, and a guy who's been around the Giants a lot longer than he has and may very well be there uh, after McAdoo is gone. Not only that, Bob, but the hit that that Eli took yeah. in that game and completed the pass. Now, granted, it, Eli understands it was stupid to have to call timeout fourth and two and at the, near the goal line in a critical situation. Eli knows that. He doesn't need a coach in that situation calling him out. And, you know, and I wrote this uh, on uh, today off the conference call. The way Bill Belichick handles Malcolm Butler and the message he sends he he doesn't criticize Malcolm Butler. He praises Jonathan Jones um, and um, Eric Rowe like 
effusive praise of their technique, of their play. And all you have to do if you've been around Belichick is you can extrapolate that to that's the way we need Malcolm Butler to play. Do you you agree with that? I do. I think it's a really good point. I think absolutely. And, you know, it does leave, you know, some things open to conjecture and speculation on sports talk radio. But I, I do agree with you. I think that that is his modus operandi when it comes to situations like that. And again, I think, you know, the players, I would tend to believe, uh, you know, have to appreciate that uh, because nobody likes, whether you're making tens of millions of dollars or you're a college kid or a high school kid, right? you know, your coach, you know, when your coach or anybody who's associated with the team, a teammate or someone else, an athletic director, an administrator, calls you out publicly, and that's kind of a betrayal of of the trust, the inner circle, if you will, the circle of trust uh, that surrounds the team. And uh, I I think your point is that is is one that I hadn't really thought about at the moment at the moment, but now in retrospect, in, in reflecting on it, I think it's absolutely spot on. So, Bob, uh, I'm going to ask you one more question, and I'll let you go. Um, I appreciate you spending the time here. Um, when you've called two of the most exciting sporting events in New England sports history in the last three years, just over the last three years, where do you go from here when you've called two incredible Super Bowl wins? Where do you go in your career? <laughs> I, I know it well, sounds I, I can't, silly, but uh, you know, I, I wonder about that. You know what? You, you go to you go to Gillette Stadium for the preseason opener against Jacksonville, and, and then you go to Houston for preseason game number two, and so on and so on. And you go you eventually wind up in New Orleans in week two of the regular season, and then get ready for Houston. I, I like you, you take a page from uh, the Belichick. Uh, quote book it, you know it's on to the next game it, it's one week at a time and you constantly try to prove yourself and as great as those memories are and as wonderful as those moments were and, and i'll always cherish them you know i'm still going to get very upset over screwing up a call on the saints right. game and, and i'm not going to rest well because of it all week thinking about uh you know particular play where i, I thought trey flowers was going to get to drew Brees and get a sack and Brees got the ball off and and i screwed up that moment and so now the, the the motivation is, well, prove yourself uh, as a better announcer next week, and you know that's what that that's where I go. Um, it doesn't mean I don't think about those times, and, and when I hear the highlights, appreciate them, and uh, you know I, I I will always relish them and cherish them. But uh, for me, it's it's about the next game, and it's about doing what I love and, and try to do it better. And and you do still get a thrill out of hearing your call on NFL films. I mean, to me, that would be one of the biggest payoffs of the job that you do is hearing your highlight, your own highlight on the official NFL films uh, package. I, I think that is sensational, don't you? I appreciate that. That was kind of like the, the stamp of authenticity for me when I when I got the job. The first time I heard some of my highlights on an NFL films production because I was one of those kids that uh, back in the day, yep. and you may appreciate this, I sure on do. Sundays you watch This Week in the NFL and This yep. is the NFL. You know, that eventually Len Dawson and Nick Bonacani came along with Inside the NFL, and that was pretty much it. Um, and, and to hear football uh, announcers calls, Bill King calling the Great Raiders teams, or Myron Cope in Pittsburgh, and uh, uh, Chuck O'Donnell in uh, Baltimore, and Jill Santos in New England, of course, 
you know, to think about like being a kid and hearing those guys in NFL films. And then the first few times that I heard myself, even now when I hear some of the specials that they do and, right. and catch my voice on them, it is very, very meaningful. Bob, thanks so much for taking time. How can people follow you? I know you have your own website. Give that a plug and give social media a plug. How can people follow you? Uh, Mike, they can follow me on Twitter at Bob Sosi. I've got a Facebook page, Bob Sosi Broadcaster. Uh, of course, 985, the sports hub, and patriots.com. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to visit with you tonight. Stay with CLNS all day on game day, starting with the CLNS Media New England Patriots pregame show with Alex Barth a half hour before every game. Then you can catch the postgame show with Marvin Ezon and Mike Molyneux live after every single game on clnsmedia.com. Subscribe to both on iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube now. Also, get daily team updates on the Patriots Newsfeed podcast with Tyler Trudeau, which is also available on the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame feed Available again on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Thanks again for downloading today's Patriots Beat. want to once again thank our guest, Bob Sosi from the Patriots Radio Network. You can follow him on Twitter. You can also give us a follow at Patriots Beat and CLNS Media. And you can give my own personal account a follow at TRAGS, T-R-A-G-S. Today's sponsor was FanDuel. For Patriots content manager Mike Alonghi, CLNS media executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, thanks to everyone who tuned in. This is Mike Petralia, and this is the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zone of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice. And live on CLNS Radio immediately after every single pass game, call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher. And the best way, download the free CLNS Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere. <laughs>